Hi guys, this is Udo's and welcome to the Udo show. Today I have a very special guest. Her name is Lila Micklewaite and she's the CEO and founder of the Justice Defense Fund and also the founder of Trafficking Hub. So thank you so much, uh, Lila, for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you on. Like you're like an angel you know, fighting against trafficking and uh, like non-consensual distribution of images and videos and things like that. So you're like my hero. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing this. That means a lot coming from you because I admire you so much. And I just think you're so courageous and so um, incredible for the advocacy that you've done and continue to do. So I'm just so honored to be able to talk to you. Thank you. Well, together we can like team up and like take over the world against all these like predators that are profiting from these poor underage girls and boys and women and, you know, men and all that stuff. So can you just tell me how like you got started with all this? Because for me, it's like I was one of the victims and that's how I learned. Like I learned the hard way, like all the ins and outs of all of you know, the stuff that happens to people. And with you, like, how did you get started? What made you so passionate about uh, this certain topic? Or issue? Yeah, well, yeah, I, um, I grew up in a, in a family where my dad was um, always very interested in human rights issues and encouraging me and my sisters to, you know, instead of watching entertainment on TV, we were watching the history channel and documentaries about, you know, human rights issues and things like that. And he grew up in the Middle East in the midst of wartime himself. So he was just very attuned to, um, you know, the suffering of others and and of, of human rights issues. And he, I feel like he instilled that in me from an early age and some of our most important like bonding moments, father, daughter, were you know, debating and discussing things like this, um, you know, from, and, and I, so I took an interest in human rights issues all the way from poverty to homelessness to war crimes and, um, you know, all, all, all this different spectrum of, of abuse. And I know that, uh, you know, there was a year early on, it was before it was a very popular topic, uh, that it is today that not many people knew the word trafficking at that time. And I remember watching a TV documentary about girls and women who were held in sexual slavery in India. And in, um, I think it was in the city of Calcutta, I, if I remember correctly. And watching that documentary had such an impression on me. And I just wanted to learn more about what this thing was, this modern day slavery, sex trafficking. It was hard to believe that this was actually still going on today. And, um, and so I just kind of focused my uh, studies in that direction and internships and things like that. It just worked, uh, researched and, um, and decided that that's really what I wanted to focus on. And I did. And I've been now focused on that issue of sex trafficking, which is expanded to other forms of criminal sexual abuse, like rape on film and, and criminal non-consensual distribution and recording of content um, online. Uh, and so I've been doing that now almost 15 years. So it's been over a decade that I've been working on this. And then 
Um, about eight, nine years ago, I started to look into what I call the big porn industry and the intersection between criminal sexual abuse, um, child exploitation, and non-consensual content trafficking um, in the big porn industry. And that's when I you know, came upon Pornhub, like anybody would be if they were looking into that industry. And, and, and that's kind of how I got started. Got it. Wow, that's like really impressive because I'm like, to me, it's like, uh, you know, for someone to start engaging in this uh, like topic, you know, without having the experience, it's it's such a nasty business. And it's so like, you know, sickening to your stomach that it's just like watching somebody else go through that. It's like, I, I mean, it's almost like like you feel like worse because you're just like, oh my God, this is actually happening. And I think it's so easy for people to just like dehumanize, you know, people that it's happening to and just kind of like look at the issue as like something that's over there when it's like, you know, for instance, like you watch the trafficking uh, documentary, but it's in Kolkata and they're like, okay, well that's over there. But people don't realize that this happens to your you can happen to your own daughter in your own house like without you even knowing right so that's the issue is that people just see that issue as something over there but it's actually happening here it could happen in your house 100%. You know? oh, so, absolutely i think you're you know you're 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 so right about that and the fact that people can often feel distance from these kinds of abuses, because like you said, they think that it's some kind of exotic experience that happens in other countries and places that they don't relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the, at the reality is uh, when it comes to sex trafficking online, child sexual abuse material, uh, the non-consensual distribution of images, uh, this is happening two clicks away from everybody. Yeah, on the world's largest and most popular porn sites, right under their noses, hidden in plain sight. And like you said, it could happen to anybody, and it does happen to any and everybody. It, it you know, this happens to um, you know just unsuspecting teens that are sexting because that's just so popular in today's culture, this digital age where everybody's online and kids have tablets and phones and things like that. And then those images get out of their hands and the devastation that it can cause into the life of the victim is um, inconceivable. I mean, it's just, it's just levels and levels of trauma that happen and it could happen to anyone and it does. And so I think that's such an important thing for us to recognize and make people aware of is that you know, this is very common and happening everywhere. Everywhere. Exactly. And like with you starting all of this, like what is the goal uh, of you like taking on this mission? Sure. Yeah. I mean, with regard to the movement trafficking hub, you know, my goal with that is to actually shut down Pornhub and hold its executives accountable. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I think that such a dramatic responses called for is because, you know, when, when people like Harvey Weinstein were caught raping women, he wasn't allowed to just say sorry and then go on with his career in Hollywood. That's not what justice is. That's not how the law works. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Real justice means real serious consequences to the full extent of the law. And then to use that as an example for others to say, we will not put up with this kind of abuse. Um, And so that's what I want to see specifically for for Pornhub. But I think even more important than that, I want to see laws put in place and I want to see corporate policy put in place that would rein in this kind of abuse from proliferating and stop and prevent it from happening in the future. And I think that is super important to focus on. Yeah. So like I know, for instance, like in my case, uh, since I was one of the victims of the iCloud hack leak, it's like so strange because when it was uh, like all over the news and all over Google and stuff, first of all, the hacker, he auctioned it off two months prior to, you know, all of this, right? So everybody knew like, oh my God, they're being auctioned off online and nobody was doing anything about it. Like Google is just watching and like the whole world is watching on the internet that all these women are being auctioned off, right? Like, like literally we're just standing there and they're like, how much do you want to pay for this one? How much do you want to pay for this one? You know, and everybody's just watching this abuse happening, you know? And then next thing you know, it gets leaked. And now everybody's watching the videos. Everybody knows it's against consent. It's not just me. It's like 99 other women big names like Jennifer Lawrence and Kate Upton, like really big, successful, talented, you know, admired, powerful, rich women that have worked very, very hard to get to where they are at. And they're being auctioned off. They're being trafficked in front of everybody's eyes. Everybody knows it's against consent. So where is the law? Why isn't anybody doing anything about this? So what do you think needs to happen, um, you know, as far as the laws changing? Because I know, like, it's so, so outdated, like, and it's just watching everybody get abused like that. Like, it's just mind blowing to me, like everybody's just watching digital rape happen or rape happening and trafficking happening and nobody's doing anything. Yes, I think that what has to happen is, well, we need to enforce the laws that we currently have, first and foremost. You know, I think that these criminals are emboldened because they realize that nobody's going to do anything about it. And the risk, uh, you know, doesn't outweigh the benefit they get from the exploitation that they're engaged in. Mm -hmm. And so I think it needs to shift and, and the risk has to be very high. They have to think that they will get uh, held accountable for what they're doing. And I think that would deter so many abusers from actually acting out. But we also need to update our laws because a lot of the the legislation that we have and even the corporate policies that we have are outdated and they haven't really evolved with the digital age of everything being online and, um, you know, the, the proliferation of Uh, the distribution of pornographic content, for example, going from DVDs and CDs and actual like physical shops to actually being distributed on these major user-generated websites where they're not verifying the age or the consent of the millions of people who are in those videos. And that's just outrageous. Sometimes when people hear it, they can't believe that these sites are distributing, mass distributing 
to 130 million visitors per day, 47 billion visitors per year, 7 million videos distributed and uploaded every year. And they're not verifying that the person in the video agreed to be in the video, wanted to be filmed and wanted to be uploaded online. And I think that is just a starting point to have laws that require consent verification and age verification to make sure they're also not teenagers that are underage or tweens that are in these videos. And I think that will go a long way to prevent abuse. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much content out there and somebody just needs an email address and can upload whatever they want. They can just literally download whatever video even if they like recorded a rape or something and then just upload it straight to Pornhub or any of the porn sites and then later like profit from it. So I think that's what's so hard for people to understand because they're watching all these porn sites and obviously they're watching it because they want to pleasure themselves and they want to, you know, enjoy themselves in the moment, but they don't actually understand that some of the content, if not a lot of the content is not even with consent so like like how would you go about that like I mean there's no way of knowing right like of what they have to there has to be kind of a an evolution of the porn distribution online uh the way that it's being done and move away from this model of just unlimited unverified uploads of user-generated content on these free porn tube sites Um, I think that would be beneficial for everybody. I think it not only would benefit victims, uh, but also those who are in the porn industry, the legal industry, Uh, you know, they've been harmed as well by this model of distribution where anybody could steal content, they could get criminal, they can literally go into a hotel room, film a rape and upload it with any verification of the age of consent of the person in the video. I mean, as of December, 2020, when, Um, The New York Times had released this huge damning op-ed called The Children of Pornhub. All it took to upload to Pornhub and the world's most popular tube sites is, is, like you said, an email address. Mm -hmm. That's it. And so, um, of course, these sites are going to become infested with crime scenes of of non-consensual criminal content if they're not taking those steps. And so I think that is such an important measure that just seems so common sense, right? Yeah. I mean, can you even imagine that that isn't happening? Um, a lot of people can't, but that's the reality. And that's what we really need to focus on changing that. And for instance, a lot of these companies too, they know that they have systems like the fingerprint stamp, which basically scans a video and doesn't allow people to re-upload uh, some content that's, you know, without consent. So my other question is, why aren't they implementing a fingerprint stamp on something that they know is non-consensual the first time and not just keep letting people upload the same content? Like they should just implement it right away and prevent people from being able to upload that same video and why aren't they just putting on the ID and the letter of consent before uploading? Like it's just a technology kind of like thing that they have to just add to their sites. Right. Well, the only way that you would understand why is to know their business model and the business model relies on unlimited content. They have to have millions upon millions of videos uploaded 
in order to get all of those search results in Google, in order to drive 47 billion visits to the site per year so they can sell advertising on all this free porn mixed with free crime scene videos. Um, And they have ads that are placed all over the videos before, after, in the middle of the videos. And so if they don't have a, a, a large amount of content, they won't get those search results. They won't become top result in Google. They won't have the traffic. They won't have the money. So it all comes down to profit. It all comes down to money and the business model of, you know, when they start putting uh, limits on uploads, when they start wanting to verify things that causes friction in their uploading and less people might upload. Maybe they don't have 7 million videos uploaded. Maybe they only have three, you know, and, but that affects the bottom line, the profit. And that's the motivation behind the way that these sites are operating. And it really has to change. They need to put people in their lives over profit uh, when it comes to the non-consensual distribution of this content that is destroying and shattering people's lives. And victims have often said it's the immortalization of their trauma. It's, it's the idea that this event that happened to them, um, whether it was consensual or non-consensual in the first place, they didn't consent to it being uploaded online and then that when people are watching that for profit and pleasure forever i mean you would know more than anybody else that that is so traumatic for them and it goes on and on yeah i think what's so sad about all of that happening is like it was a you know intimate moment and in that moment you're just being a regular person regular adult you know for some people and then others obviously are actually getting raped and then that's being distributed but in my situation it was just I mean I'm I'm just a regular functioning adult like I'm doing what you're supposed to do when you're in a relationship you know so and then all of a sudden now the whole world look at at you as like some kind of whore or you know this person that does porn or you know this it creates this whole image of you that don't even exist no matter how much integrity you have, no much, no matter how hard you worked or whatever you accomplish in life, it's like constantly making you look like something that you're not. And it's so minimizing of your character and everything, right? So it's just so, so heartbreaking to see, like, imagine now this happening to a little girl that's a teenage girl and then she grows up and it haunts her her whole life. Like, at least this happened to me when I was an adult. But even then, it's like every guy I would date would bring it up. Every guy's family will bring it up. My family will bring it up. You know, like my friends, friends of friends, you know, constantly people talking about you making like asking questions about it. Maybe not to your face, but through other people that I know. And they give you looks and, you know, it's just those things that you just know, like, oh, this person have watched this also against my consent. And that's another thing, like people know it's against consent and they continuously watch it. So why? That's why what you're doing is so important in speaking out about this and educating people on what actually happened and, you know, how it affected you and, Um, you know, I think a big, big thing that we need to overcome is all of this blaming and shaming and victim blaming, um, especially when it comes to, um, you know, non-consensually distributed 
content, uh, image-based abuse. I feel like it's, you know, when people know that there's been a rape or, you know, an instance of child abuse, it's easier for them to have compassion on that victim. And in many cases, when it comes to other forms of image-based abuse, which are, you know, I don't know if it's just as, but, you know, levels of trauma, you know, you can't compare trauma, right? For one person, it might affect them differently than another person, but it's still traumatic. It's abuse. They're victims. And I think that that's what people really have to understand and stop victim blaming and stop shaming and start having compassion and start thinking that could be you or it could be your child or it could be your sister or brother and and then start acting on that to stop this kind of image-based abuse it's so important yeah I totally agree and like I think that's what people are they just kind of have an, uh, uh, like a disconnection sometimes because they're looking at it as like, oh, it's somebody over there or it's somebody in the public eye. And like, this could happen to anyone. Like when I just started pursuing, like actually like looking into the laws and everything that's happening, I started realizing, oh my God, there's so many, you know, regular people that like have regular jobs, living like a regular life, maybe even they're married, you know, and uh, maybe they're underage and there's all these different factors. At first, I thought this didn't happen as much to underage girls, but now I'm starting to see like, oh my God, this is happening to way more than what I ever would have ever imagined. Like I knew about like child pornography and stuff like that being leaked or, you know, um, people distributing stuff like that. But I, I didn't know that it's on like, actual porn sites and like people are just watching it and next thing you know you might be watching something and then you something else pops up after and all of a sudden there's like there it is you know and it's so Mm -hmm. like I mean like imagine if you're like somebody that's watching that and then you're watching something all of a sudden this young looking girl comes on there but she's actually underage and you're like over there pleasuring yourself to it and it's just like what is happening, you know? Well, people have to realize that if so, if this site, if these sites like Pornhub mm-hmm. are only verifying now recently the uploader of the content, but not consistently verifying the individuals who are in the videos. Um, some sites like X videos and others, they, they're not even doing that right now. It's just completely unverified. Um, so how in the world... And they, and then they say, well, we have moderators that are viewing that content. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, could any human being on a consistent basis tell the difference between a 16 year old body and an 18 year old body, a 15, even a 15 year old body, maybe, you know, a mature 14 year old body and an 18 year old body on any kind of consistent basis, not even a pediatrician could do that. It's impossible to do that. Yeah. And so if they're not verifying ID and they have all these kind of teen looking bodies on these, in these videos, you have no idea how many of those are actually, uh, underage. It's a federal crime to, to distribute that content or to download it, mm-hmm. uh, or to watch it. Um, and so people have to be aware that that's the reality on these sites. Yeah. No, but that's super good that you're like actually explaining all this because I don't think people understand it. And like, 
I know from my own experience what happened. But then when I started looking into all this, I'm like, oh, my God, there is so much stuff going on. And it's so ugly and it's so dirty. And it's like, like people need to know about this. So that's why I was like, Layla, you need to come on my podcast and talk about this because there's so many layers to this. And we're just getting like the surface. But um, yeah, like there's so much more <laughs> that people need to know. So like, as far as people like, you know, finding you and looking at look, look you up and all your work and everything, where can they find you? And um, or if they're, for instance, a survivor or a victim, like where can they uh, kind of reach out to you for help and all that good stuff? Yeah, so I am constantly posting about this issue of, um, you know, holding these big porn uh, free tube sites accountable for the enabling and distributing sexual crime. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing that on Twitter and I'm doing that on Instagram. So my handle is at Lila Micklewaite and you can find me constantly posting about this and all the news that's happening. There's right now, there's many different lawsuits even being filed. Um, Last I counted, it was 97 individual lawsuits on behalf of 191 victims in Canada and the United States that have come to hold these abusers accountable. And so, um, you know, if you've been victimized and you're hearing about this, um, I found an organization called the Justice Defense Fund, and our purpose is to empower survivors to pursue justice in a holistic way. Mm-hmm. Um, and through civil litigation. Um, and so you can actually go to justicedefensefund.org. You could fill out a form there. It's just like a simple form. Um, if you wanted to reach out and get connected um, with any kind of help uh, or even just to, to share what happened to you. I know that sometimes it's really um, a part of the healing process just to even say, this happened to me too. And to, to be able to say that, and that's important. Um, and so reach out and yeah, follow me. And if you want to sign the petition, uh, to hold Pornhub accountable for aiding sex trafficking and profiting from that, that's at traffickinghubpetition.com. You can do it there. You can join 2 million other people. Now it's 2.2 million people from 192 countries that have signed that petition to hold Pornhub and its executives accountable. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can do that as well. Wow, that's crazy. Two million signups. Yeah, we're going to keep that going. But that's like crazy. Like that's a lot of signups on the petition. You would have th- thought like, just with the signups alone, you will be like, Oh, look at this. <laughs> we need to change the law. Just sign. Look at all these signups, you know. But uh, yeah, we're going to get more signups and all that good stuff. So make sure you guys go and sign it up and follow her. I'm going to put all of her links in the description too. So you can follow her directly. And um, yeah, thank you so much for doing this with me. I'm like, I'm so happy you could like get on the podcast and my show or whatnot and tell people and explain a little bit more how all of this stuff kind of works behind the scenes when they don't know like what they're actually watching, you know? So yeah, yeah, it's very, very helpful what you're doing. And I think you know, I think you're an angel personally. <laughs> like I'm like, you're like coming down. Like, that means the most coming from a survivor. I mean, no, you are because you're just like, I mean, just you like 
it's it's so crazy because I saw your page and I was just like, wow, she has like you, you don't have like all of these followers, you know, that I might have like or all these other people have. There's people that have like 20 million, 30 million followers and you have like like, I don't know, like um, 20, 30, 30, something like. Right. So but it's like those what you're doing have so much more power and you have so much more power than someone that has a hundred million followers or 200 million followers like what you're doing it's like up tier kind of stuff mm -hmm. and it's like you could tell like god is on your side like all the angels are on your side like it's like they're pushing you and you're just going you have no fear you have nothing you're just going for it so i'm like really uh, impressed you're, by, you're like, bringing you're you're cheering me up <laughs> no but like you're Thank bringing you you're like I mean what you're doing is like I never seen anything like it and like when I saw your page like you're gonna make me tear up now but I was like wow I'm so impressed by this woman and she's so strong like there's some people that are saying like bad things about you but you're just like I'm just gonna keep going and I'm fighting for all these you know survivors and you know it's uh well anything that I'm doing is you know nothing compared to the strength and bravery it takes to go through what you went through and then to be standing there and to be speaking out and trying to change things and trying to change laws and telling your story. And you may be inspired by me, but I am very inspired by you. And it's, it's survivors like you that just are what are the inspiration. Um, and I'm just so grateful for you. And so thank you for, for doing everything you're doing. And thanks for giving me a, a, a space here to speak uh, about this work. And I'm here to support you um, through your journey as well. Well, thank you so much. I'm like, I'm getting all teary eyed. Like we're having a moment, but like, I'm, I'm just so happy I could do this and I found you and all that good stuff. So um, yeah, thanks for doing the show. I thank you. It. Thank I you so much. All right. all right. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.